rack of metal chairs in the uh, storage room upstairs. We need about 30 chairs for the uh, um, fair. And so Pastor Karen's asked if we could have some people carry some of the metal chairs down and just put them in the, uh, in the entryway it would be great. That would be a blessing. Hallelujah. Well, it has been a long time, hasn't it? I, haven't, I was looking at this uh, series and thinking I haven't preached on this series for over a month. It's been five weeks since we uh, were together for a regular service. And so uh, in background... We've been doing a series through this summer. The Lord led me to, to teach a series on uh, the time between times. That there is a pattern throughout the Bible. When you look at the, di the different stories in the Bible, when you look at the different characters, when you look at the, the things that they went through and so on and so forth, that there was a pattern of God would tell somebody something, he would make a promise. He would tell them he was going to do something. He would, he would uh, lead them in a certain way. And, uh, and they would begin to, to stand on faith, or they wouldn't. That would be the, the choice that they would have to make. But there would always be a time in between the time that God said he would do something and when he actually did it. Now that time varied greatly. Uh, sometime it was a short time, but... Many times it was a very long time, and we talked about that early on, that uh, you know, uh, Moses had to wait 40 years in the desert on the, on the backside of the mountain before God allowed him to lead the people out of Israel. Uh, Abraham had to wait 75 years from the, time, from the first time that God said, you're going to be a great nation. Well, how do you be a great nation? Well, you have to have children. He didn't have any children. He didn't have a son. And he waited 75 years for uh, God to give him Isaac and to fulfill that promise to him. That's a long time. And every day that he waited, he got older. And the possibilities got less and less. And, so, uh, and then uh, Noah waited 120 years from the time that God said, I'm going to destroy the world, but I'm going to save mankind through you. He waited 120 years for the first raindrop to fall. And on, during that time, we've talked about, <clears throat> there is opportunity to either believe God or not. To continue to be faithful to what God has said or what he's promised or not. And that doesn't matter whether it's 120 years or whether it's 120 days. There's always a test that goes along with that. Your faith is tested. Your belief, your trust in God is tested <clears throat> through that time because, well, did I hear from God or didn't I? Did God really say or didn't he? Is God really good or isn't he? And we start having to deal with those things in our lives, uh, those questions that pop up, and those questions come naturally, but they can also come from uh, you know, the enemy. The enemy is trying to destroy your faith. He's trying to say, well, God's not good. God, God won't do what he said he'll do. He might do it for, for Jonah, but there's no way he's going to do it for you. Because we have all kinds of examples where God did do what he said he would do. I mean, how many of you here, just show of hands, have, that God has, you know, has led you, you've read it in the scripture, or you've, you've, you've just felt it in prayer, or, or somebody's prophesied over you, that God was going to do a certain thing, and he did it. Let me just see. Look, look around the room. Hands all over the place. God being faithful to what he said. 
well, yeah, but God loves them more than he, you know, I mean, they, God loves Dennis way more than he loves the rest of us. Dennis is God's favorite, you know. We figured that out one Sunday. But he won't do it for me. Well, we have opportunity to believe that or not. And it's during that time when you're, when you're tested and when you're tried and when you, when you have to deal with all of those things that try to raise themselves up, as the New Testament says, raise themselves up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And our job is to take those things captive by the Word. What does the Word say? Does the Word say God is good or isn't he? God is good. Ishten yo. Hasn't changed in over 6,000 years. He's good. But Adam and Eve went through the test. You're going through the test. It doesn't change. It's the human condition. It's the way it's set up. It's the, it's the deal we have to deal with. That isn't, that's not very eloquent, is it? The deal we have to deal with. Yeah, it works. It rolls off your tongue. Well, it rolls off my tongue anyway. So this week, turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We've looked at this verse before, but it's a good one to start out with in, in the direction I want to head this morning. Ecclesiastes 3, beginning with verse, or just verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So up until now we've talked about that there is a time between times. We've talked about that uh, during that time between time, uh, there's going to be a test, just going to be. But why is that? Every Bible character went through a time between time. Everyone had to deal with it. But this begs the question, why? Why? Why do we have to deal with this? Why do we have to go through this time? I mean, would God be any less God if he did it immediately? And actually, next week, we're going to talk about the time between time when it's short. Do you know that the time between time when it's long is hard and arduous and it's, it's a test of our faith and it's all those sort of things? But you know that when the time between time is short, it's just as hard? It can be just as hard? And I want to show you some examples of that from the Word, where a short period of time where you have to believe and act upon it is, can be almost more scary. That's a lot of places where people back up and stop. Because God says, do something tomorrow, and you're like, <gasps> and you freeze. But every one of them had to go through. Why? What is God doing? Is it just because he's got all this time, and he has nothing left to do, you know, nothing else to do, and so he just thinks, let's make them squirm. We think that, don't we? God just wants me to squirm. He's just, you know, it's easy for him. Because he, he sees the end from the beginning, but, you know, this is hard. Why would God do, why is, God, why are you treating me this way? If you uh, say you've never said that, you're, well, I won't go any further. I've said that. I've said, God, why do you do this to me? God, why do you, why do you tell me stuff ahead of time? I don't want to know. Well, I do want to know, really. I was just whining. I was a whiner. But I'm thinking, God, you know, just don't tell me. Just make stuff happen, okay? I'll just, I'll just go along, and when stuff happens, I'll give you praise, I'll give you glory. But no, he likes to tell us stuff. 
He likes to tell us stuff ahead of time because there's a bigger picture than us just going through life and good stuff or bad stuff happening to us. There's a bigger plan. There's something more important happening than just stuff happening to us at randomly as we go through life. There is something that is so important that he specifically has set this up to work this way to develop in you what he wants. That's what he's doing. And when you look at any one of these characters, God is specifically working on their lives. Specific areas that he's dealing with. Specific areas, things that he's working on. And it's the big multi-letter word. I couldn't even count them fast enough if I want to. Character. Ooh. Character. Now I know most of you are characters. But it's in the character that God wants to deal with us. Is it that we are totally at the mercy of the uncontrollable shifting tides of this world and God's just waiting to see how it all comes out? Or is it because God enjoys building an obstacle course in your life to amuse himself on slow days? (laughs) Or is it something else? When we look at the people involved in these stories, we can't help but notice that they remind us of somebody we know. Us. How many of you ever read a story in the Bible and went, wow, that's exactly how I would have reacted? And The problem is I usually react like the ones that I don't want to look like. I mean, I see myself in Peter. Sorry. I'd love to be able to say, You know, oh, I'm all about Noah right here, baby, you know. Peter. You know, it's it's, it's really bad when you start seeing yourself in Absalom. Or one of the other bad kings that did something wrong, and you go, you know, I'd I'd probably react the same way. That's not faith. I mean, come on, yeah, you know. But it's truth. We see ourselves in Samson. I got power. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it for my good. And if God gets glorified on the side, that's all right too. And then we wonder why, why we get ourselves into situations that they got themselves into. They, they found themselves. I mean, you look at Abraham. You know, God made this huge promise. He revealed himself to him, all these amazing things. He starts making it happen in his life, and, the, and another woman comes along. I'd love to say, oh, I would have never done that. But put in the same situation, we're human. And there's character flaws in us that God wants to deal with. There's things that he, that he wants us to have to, to, to grow up in that can only come through trial. Through testing, through trial. God leads us into situations where we have to deal with who we are where we have to deal with our shortcomings, where we have to deal with our character flaws. They're just like us, or more realistically, we are just like them. They have frailties, they had fears, they had character flaws, and they had idiosyncrasies just like us. And because of the mercy of God, he won't leave us that way. He cares too much. Some of our characteristics are just the way they are 
are, are just are fine just the way they are. Some are not. There are some very socially or, or spiritually redeeming qualities in your life. You are not completely bankrupt. You have, some people are just nice. I mean, I, I, one of the nicest people I have ever met was a heathen. He's just a nice guy. I mean, if, if, you, need, if you needed help, he was the first one there. If, if you needed anything, if you, you know, if you were, if, if you were, what, I mean, anytime, you, you meet him, it's like, oh, you're the most important person in the world. But the guy was an absolute, out and out, unabashed, couldn't care less what anybody thought, heathen. I always thought he would have made a great Christian. He's just a nice guy. But he had other characters, other characteristics that were wanting. Many of you, most of you have all kinds of characters that are just great. They're wonderful. But then there's other things in our life that God says, you know, you can't go any further until you deal with this. Because he knows you can be more than what you are right now all by yourself. If we were fine the way we were, we wouldn't need him. And I can guarantee you that every one of us in this room and everyone outside of this room need him. We need him. We need him to save, him from, save ourselves from ourselves. I mean, even when we're saved, okay, now we're saved, we're going to heaven, we're, we have you know, eternal life, so on and so forth, we still have baggage. We still have stuff that he needs to deal with. And, the, and one of the ways he deals with that is through time. Dealing with, okay, you have to believe for this now. You have to stand for this now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you I'm going to do something now. Do you trust me? And so on and so forth. We are not all born with the character that we need to accomplish all that God has called you to be. The time between times, that test in time, is, either, is to either train a character uh, attribute into you or is to take a character flaw out of you. Either way. Sometimes both. He's amazing. God is absolutely amazing. He can do both at the same time. He can correct a character flaw, and he can train you <clears throat> at the exact same time through the same test, through the same trial, through the same situation that you're walking in. He's God. He, he knows exactly what buttons to push. I was going through something one time, many times, but one time specifically, and I was like, God, you know the exact button to push, don't you? It was easy. I mean, he just, all he had to do was bring this situation in, and immediately my flesh rose up. In all of its ugliness. That's really the worst part about the time between times. The worst part about the time between times is you get to see who you are. My wife believes that the, the, the thing that I, continually, I am continually working on is the, the see, I'm, I'm getting, ugh, other drivers on the road. We were driving somewhere on, on Friday, and I'm driving, and I'm like, what are all these people? They can't all be idiots. They really can't. My wife goes, you know, we're not having fun when you're acting like this. 
<sighs> and I, the worst part is I recognize it and I do it anyway. Because it just, oh, that irks me. Nothing worse than somebody driving in the left-hand lane at the same speed as everybody else in the right-hand lane. It doesn't. It doesn't. Time between time is to either train a character attribute into you or to purge a character flaw out of you. Let me give you some examples. Noah. We talked about Noah earlier. Noah built an ark. God says, my spirit will not endure with man or will not strive with man, but for 120 years. So he said, build an ark. I'm going to destroy everything. Build an ark. You and your family, take some animals with you. I'm going to save mankind. I'm going to save life on earth. But he says, you've got 120 years to build this ark. So for 120 years, he, he built an ark. Whether it, you know, did it take him 120 years to build an ark? I don't know. Or did it sit there for 40? Not moving. Yes? Possibly. He had a day job. <laughs> we all know how, how you know, remodel projects after work work. You know, it just it takes forever. But you, you have somebody do anything for 120 years without reward, I can guarantee you that's the most faithful man I've ever, ever heard of in my life the most faithful to the, to the plan and purpose of God. Because he did it, and he did it. He apparently did it, because we're here. He did it, and he did it, and he did it, and he did it. Did he have opportunity to doubt? I guarantee he did. He's human. He wasn't exempt from the human you know, frailties, the human problems. He had them just the same as we do. Do you think he had opportunity to think, did I really hear from God? <laughs> I should really be sure on this one. This is kind of a biggie. But he did it day after day after day after day after year after year after year after decade after decade after decade. And he, and he has, or he, he gained the reward we live. Humanity was saved. His reward. I mean, my goodness, that's faithfulness. I'm sure he didn't have it at the beginning, he just had obedience at the beginning. But he de God developed faithfulness in him over that period of time. Now, was he perfect? No. Even coming out of the ark, he had his own problems. He, he had to deal with some stuff. Hum humanity didn't, you know, didn't wash away all the sin from humanity because as soon as they get off the ark, they start sinning. They recorded it. How would, you, how would you like to have your name in the Bible with all of your problems, with all of your... Uh, recorded for all the world to see. We're all going to get to heaven, look at, Abraham, or look at any of those guys and go... <laughs> and they said, hey, no problem, man. We were part of the great cloud of witnesses. We've been watching your life for the last uh, 80, 90 years. We're all in this together, aren't we? You do anything for that long, you're going to be faithful. Abraham, why did God make him wait 75 years to have a son? 
and each day the odds stacking against you. You will either build a trust in God during that time or you'll fail miserably. When it talks about Abraham as the father of our faith, he's the, he's the father of faith. He's the example that we're supposed to follow uh, in our lives in the area of faith. Did he always have it? Was he born with that characteristic and then he didn't need any more? He just had enough of it to, to complete that task? I don't believe so. Because I know human beings. I know us. God had to work that in him. God had to, had to grow that over time. He had opportunity to doubt. He had opportunity when, when uh, his wife said, well, you know, why don't you take, uh, what's her name? Hagar. All I could think of was Rahab, and I knew that wasn't it. Hagar. Why don't you take, oh, that's a great idea. How many times did God come back to him and say, you're going to have a son? I'm telling you, you're going to have a son. He needed encouragement every step of the way. Even one year out, here we are, we're really close now, you're only a year away. A year is a really stinking long time, isn't it? If I said the answer to your prayer is not going to come for one year, whatever you're, whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever the situation is, you've got at least a year before God comes through. Ricky, you've got a year to wait. What if, what if that was the answer? You've got a year, and you're going, I don't have a year. I'm 100 years old. Not Ricky. I mean, I'm not saying that's not me. Someone else. I'm talking about Abraham. You know I'm talking about Abraham. I'm 100 years old. I don't have a year. Now, the interesting thing is, is he not only lived past that year, do you know the Bible says he had other sons and daughters? Hello. I mean, God did. He fulfilled his promise exceedingly abundantly. Once they had the first one, they were, they were good after that. <laughs> ah, filter, filter, filter. Deb's not here, so I have to be my own filter today. Pray for Deb. Massive headache this morning, so you can lift her up. Thank you, Father, for healing Debbie in completely in Jesus' name. You'll either build a trust in God over that time, that 75 years, or you'll be crushed. I mean, that is, that is the alternative, is you don't make it. Some people don't make it. That's, oh, that's horrible. That's sad. But some people don't make it. They, they get to a point where it's too much for them. They say, I, I, can't, I can't believe God for that. I quit. I'm out. I opt out. That's not God's fault. God is still being faithful. We're going to read a verse at the end that gives us hope. But I, 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 we can't you know, uh, uh, turn a blind eye to it and say, well, that doesn't happen because we all know people who have done that in whatever situation. And, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a non-faith statement to say some people don't make it. Some people quit. Some people give up. Some people reject the promise. They say, you know what, no, no. It's tough out there. It is a fight. When, when Paul wrote, fight the good fight of faith, 
He meant it's a fight. And there are some mornings where it takes everything you have to stand up and to believe what God said he would do. When you see everything heading in the opposite direction, to believe, to keep having those words of faith, you know, God, I don't know why this is happening, I don't understand it fully, but God does, but I believe what he said. I believe he can do what he says he can do. I believe that it will come through the way he promised it would. And then that same day it turns even worse. I've seen it. I've walked it. Many times. And you think, oh my goodness, I can't take anymore. But his grace sustains us. There have been so many times where I just said, you know what, God, I can't take this anymore. I can't, you, it just, you know what, I, I don't have the strength, I don't have the ability, you know, please help me, I can't make it. And then the grace comes, and you make it through one more day. And you're one more day stronger. I have... I have friends that we talk about this, the things that we're going through right now, the things we're believing for, the, the situation that it's, it looks like, and, and, and we, we kind of, it's kind of a support group. You know, we talk, here's what's going on in my life, and they go, wow, it's kind of going on in my life too. And we joke about the fact that, praise God, we're not dealing with, we didn't have to deal with what we're dealing with today 10 years ago. Because I wouldn't have had the strength 10 years ago. I wouldn't have had the faith 10 years ago to deal with the things I'm dealing with right now. Praise God he had us dealing with things back 10 years ago that he did give us the grace to go through. And we thought we were stretched so thin. We thought, <clears throat> we thought there was no answer, that we were about to go down at any second. 10 years ago, that problem looked so horrible that when we look at it in the rearview mirror now, we laugh. That was nothing. Is it because God just <clears throat> is sitting up there just going, I wonder, how, I wonder what the breaking point actually is? No. Because every time you're, you're stretched, every time you have to believe for something more, every time you have to believe for a little longer, you strengthen. He knows what you can take. And whatever situation you're in right now, even though it may not seem like it, you can take it. You can. You can. You really can. Because he is, well, let's go to that verse. I've already been bouncing all over it. Now it seems like as good a time as any. 1 Corinthians. When looking at all these different people, all these situations, all these stories, 1 Corinthians 10 is talking about the children of Israel and the stuff that they went through in those 40 years. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 says, These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has overtaken you except that or except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, you will also, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now, God does not tempt us. Does not. In any way, shape, and form, God does not tempt us. But we do get into situations, whether it's him allowing us to or whatever it might be, where we are tempted. And while we are tempted to believe him or not. 
That is the ultimate temptation. Is God true or isn't he? Is he telling me the truth or isn't he? Can I trust him or can't I? It all comes down to that. It doesn't matter. You give me any situation, it comes down to that question. Can I believe God or can't I? It can be your marriage. Did God, what, you know, why have you, you know, this woman that you have given with me? God put, you know, you're with that person on purpose. Why? To cause you to grow up. Your children, oh my God, what have I done to myself? <laughs> All except my kids. My kids are awesome. They're perfect in every way. <laughs> Love you, sweetheart. But we can just get frustrated. We get, ugh. But then all of a sudden, you, the reason you're frustrated is you see yourself in them. Shoot. Dang it. Is God good? Can God really provide for you? Can God really heal you? Can God really do this? Can God really do that? Can he turn this situation around? Can he turn that situation around? And everything comes back to, is he good or isn't he? And every time you make that decision, yes, God is good, you get stronger. Praise God, we are stronger today than we were 10 years ago. Praise God, we're stronger today than we were five years ago. Glory to God, we are stronger today than we were a year ago. Every day, we should be getting stronger. And we do that by constantly coming to that fact, God is good. I know what we're going through right now. It may seem tough. It may seem hard. It may seem impossible. But it says that when we are tempted, and I'll put in the phrase, this is my own phrase, that to believe whether God, we're being tempted to believe whether God is good or not. It says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Many times I've said, I'm pretty sure I can't bear this, God. But what does the scripture say? That phrase for me that says, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can't bear this, is something that's trying to raise itself up above the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because the knowledge of Jesus Christ is he is good, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That is the truth. Whenever I've gotten to that point, and I'm, I'm I'll be honest with you, I'll just be you know, too honest. Some people said I'm too honest sometimes. I have gotten to the point where I said, you know, I'm pretty sure, God, you missed it this time, this is too much. But I have to come back to that verse and say, God will not give us more than we can, will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. And I'll say, I, I trust you. I don't, I don't have a choice. I was talking about that, that's one of the things we, I was talking with my friends recently is, we're to the point where we have no other choice. Anymore, the only thing hanging us, holding us together is God. And if I give up on God at this point, I have nothing. Because I know, I know, the financial world can't save me. The medical world can't save me. The, the, the peace of this world, you know, the, 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 the feeling of happiness and well-being from this world isn't going to help. The only thing that holds any of this, any of us together, is Jesus Christ. That's it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand in the least how anybody can go through their life without Jesus Christ. 
And, I th and I'm pretty sure I've, I shared this one time. I was staying with a friend of mine. And I was staying at his house, and, I, and this was an unsafe friend of mine. And at least he was at that time. He's now born again. Praise God. At that time, I was staying with him, and I woke up one morning, and I just had this, this deepest feeling of dread come over me. Fear. I mean, not just fear, but I mean, I was, it was like this deep, deep, overwhelming sense of dread and hopelessness. And I went, oh my God, what is this? I'm thinking, you know, I'm being attacked here. Well, I was being attacked. I was like, God, what is this? <clears throat> and God spoke very clearly to me and says, this is the way he feels every day. Without him, hopelessness, dread, fear, with the world situation, my goodness. With him, we have to stand by faith every day. That he's working this stuff out, that he's making it happen for us, that he's going to cover it, that he's going to take care of it, that he's going to pay it, that he's going to heal it. That's, what we, that's the only thing we have left to hold on to, is him. And sometimes <clears throat> that takes time. Against my better desires, it takes time. There's also times where he purges flaws out of us. The children of Israel went around the desert for 40 years because they had slavery in them. They kept looking back at the slavery going, you know, it was better back there. It was better back there. We had onions. That was one of the reasons they gave. Yeah, can you imagine? They had, was it leeks? Is that yeah. They have, they have leeks back in Egypt. Let's go back into slavery because they got leeks. <laughs> filter, filter, filter. We do that too, though, don't we? You know how many times I've, that verse, I'll be thinking a certain way, and all of a sudden the verse comes back and says, you know, the dog has opportunity to return to its vomit. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a scripture verse, you know. I went, ooh, is that the way I'm thinking right now, God, that, well, the dog has a choice to return to its vomit. Well, that's just really a pretty picture on a Sunday morning. It's in the Bible. It took 40 years to get that thought out of their head. Let's just go back to slavery. It was better back there. And the fear that, that well, somebody, who's going to take care of us? Who's going who's to do it for us? Because, you know, yes, they were slaves, but, you know, at least, we got, at least we got fed there. Hello, 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 hello. And it took 40 years before they're finally, they said, you know what? No, we're going in. We're going to the promised land, and we're going to believe that God's going to take care of us. A whole generation had to die. Don't let that be said of us. Don't let it be said of us. That it's going to take a generation before God can really do what he wants to do in our midst. Moses had to be 40 years on the backside of a mountain because he had impatience. He wanted God to do it right now. Do it right now, God. God, make it happen. I, I'm, I know I'm here to be the Savior of Israel. I'm supposed to lead them out of here. Let's do it right now. If you're going to do it, let's just do it right now. But it wasn't God's time. Remember, he killed the Egyptian, thinking that everybody was going to follow him now. And everybody's like, who made you a ruler over us? Took 40 years of sitting and waiting, watching a flock of sheep. 
God's saying, you aren't going anywhere until I tell you you're leaving. Still 80. Okay. Now you're all getting uncomfortable because there's this long pregnant pause, right? In Moses' life, there was a 40-year pregnant pause. Did I miss God? Maybe he didn't tell me I was going to lead the people out of Israel or out of Egypt. Still 80. <whistles> 40 years sitting there waiting for God to do something. If, if God doesn't do something... This morning, right now, we're all bored. Or if he doesn't move mightily, powerfully, in the next month, if God doesn't do something in the next month, I'm just going to go somewhere else. I'm going to do something else. What if God wants you to do nothing for 40 years? <laughs> Please do something, God. Please, please do something. Chill out, man. Just relax. It's all under control. It's all in my timing. Do you know that he led the Israelites for another 40 years after that? He was 40 years when he, got, when he left Egypt. He waited for 40 years, and then he led them for 40 years. He had to deal with them for 40 years. And what was the thing he needed most in dealing with them for 40 years? Patience. I'm going to kill him, God. Why don't you kill him, God? Just kill him. <laughs> Wipe him out, God. We'll start all over. That, that 40 years, God was still dealing with him, wasn't he? Still working on that. So when you've arrived, when you've actually stepped over into what God promised you, get ready to continue to grow in the next phase of what he's called you to do. There are also times when you're both trained and purged at the same time. Gideon needed confidence and leadership, and in, or he needed confidence and leadership into him, and insecurity and fear out of him. And God did both at the same time. Joseph needed pride out and leadership in. We'll talk a lot about Joseph in the future. Joseph's a, a beautiful picture of God taking somebody and over time of developing him into who he called him to be. Jacob needed impatience and theft out of him and faithfulness and trust in God into him. God can deal with your character by the Holy Spirit leading you through or leading you into all truth through the Scripture. You know, you can, you can bypass a lot of these training times by reading the Scripture getting them into your heart, and beginning to apply them to your life. You don't have to experience 40 years in the, in the backside of a mountain to, to, to learn that. You can read the scripture and allow God to deal with it in your heart. Learn that lesson from that person. One of the, the best and the, mo the greatest lesson I ever learned, all I had to do was one Sunday school lesson as a kid, and I got it. And I've shared this with some people, and I've had one guy come to me one time, he says, he goes, I've never heard anybody else say that. They said, that is the most important lesson you can ever learn. 
Someday I'll talk about it. It was a... One Sunday school lesson. I don't even remember who the teacher was, but I remember, that I remember where I was sitting in class, I remember hearing the, the lesson, and I remember going, if that ever happens, I know exactly what I'm going to say. And it was the lesson where God came to Solomon and said, I'll give you whatever you want, what do you want? Whew. And he, told, he chose wisdom. And from that day forward, I said, God, all I want is wisdom. It's the most important, and I didn't have to, it didn't take me to go through all the stuff that David went through and Solomon went through and all this stuff. I got it. In one you can do that. You can learn those things from that scripture lesson. You can read about so-and-so going through whatever he went through and going, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like that. I, and you can learn those lessons. Some of them you can learn by just reading the scripture. Bunch of them you have to learn by going through it yourself. And it's usually the one that you have the, you're the most stubborn in. Learn your lessons well. But if you refuse to learn this way, learning through the scripture, he does have the old-fashioned way, making you go through it. There are things that you'll only learn by, go th by going through them. You will have times of waiting, you'll have times of submission, and you will have times of suffering. Because, and I love this quote, and I'm still trying to verify exactly who said it, God, who said it first anyway, God is more interested in your character than he is your plan or your timeline. He cares more about who you are than what you do. That's what's important. Let's stand. Father, we once again submit ourselves to you. Lord, we have a long ways to go. We're not, we're not there yet. There's a lot of stuff in us. And Lord, I pray for myself this morning. Lord, I pray for all of us here that, that we come to that point where we allow you to work through us the perfection. Help us, Father. Help us trust you enough to let you do in us what needs to be done. Give us the strength daily to walk through, not only with the right answers, but also with the patience. Father, I submit myself to you. I can't submit it, all of us. That's, that's each individual's choice, Lord, but I submit myself to you, Lord. Continue to work in me. Change me, Lord. Get rid of the stuff that needs to, get, that needs to go and put in the stuff that I need. And Lord, I trust you'll do it the way it needs to be done. Thank you for it, Father. Lead us and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen.